Right, what's going on guys? It is your boy TKD10 back here placing source and this is of course Road to Part 2, the weekly Last of Us series that is dedicated to all things Last of Us and Last of Us Part 2. And so you will uh, probably uh, become well aware here pretty soon that it is just me. Yes, the homie Arachnite, I think he's sleeping, I don't know. It's all good though, there's no hard feelings, you know what I'm saying? I haven't done a solo podcast in a while so I figured I would just sit down uh, with the audience and talk to you all about the submissions that uh, we got for this episode of course you know what I'm saying so uh, I did ask you all from the community to uh, give us your thoughts written uh, format off of your thoughts on the last of us part two a lot of you guys submitted very great showing we have a lot of good stuff here on this episode and I figured we're just gonna sit down you know I got my little uh, wire with me you know uh, I might pause take a drink here and there you know what I'm saying because I'm gonna be talking a lot this episode because it's just the boy but uh, we're gonna do this nice and right and before we get started on these submissions make sure to leave a like on the uh, video if you're watching on YouTube as well as give us a rating on podcast services if you love the episode make sure to also check down below in the description to find our Twitter our discord as well as our anchor link to listen to our long-form content and podcast home right that of course in Road to Part 2 and Road to uh, Ghost of Shishima dang I almost forgot that I almost forgot the show Road to Ghost of Shishima you know what I'm saying and uh, also uh, make sure to hit that join button if you're on YouTube become a member of the channel support me and support the channel if you'd like to do so you can uh, do the prince tier or the king tier for a dollar and five dollars respectively much love you get a bunch of emotes and stuff like that and if you become a king tier you will be shouted out in videos and podcasts uh, that everything that goes up pretty much on the pot pretty much that pretty much everything that goes up there we go Kevin talk pretty much everything that goes up on the channel will give you a shout out so before we get started yeah I mean no not before we get started I think we're good I think let's get right into it so this first one here is from the homie at J03G on Twitter. Uh, just a little short one here, just a little short, concise one. He says, The Last of Us 2 is a masterpiece, awesome gameplay, meticulous in its attention to detail, and such an emerging such an immersive hauntingly beautiful world love the story tugged at my conscience and i can't agree more especially the tug at your conscience stuff like i really feel like you know this game is a is is definitely much so a thought piece like it'll 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 definitely like it'll definitely have you thinking a lot about the story and i still continue to think about it to this day and stuff like that and like certain things that i'm connecting as well even like last night you know like I'm just having a lot of thought about this game. I can't wait to replay it here pretty soon. Uh, and uh, and I might go for a Platinum. Who knows? Maybe. We'll see. I'm not usually one to get Platinums, but I may get one. And if you hear the mouse clicking, you know, I'm over here clicking through the submissions. So hope you, hopefully you don't get uh, too, you know, distracted by those clicks. But here we go. Next one here is from the homie Owen, fan of the channel. Much love to you, my boy. I decided to put yours up near the top. I put the short ones up the top, and then we're going to get some long ones here later on, like really long ones, but it should be all good. No worries. As long as y'all let me take my drink of water when I need to, you know what I'm saying? It's all good. No worries. But this one's from the homie Owen. He says here, quote, oh, wait, hold up. Let me, uh, let me actually, I think this isn't the full thing. Let me, let me make sure. Okay, no, it is, it is, I'm sorry, it is, so let me, let me, let me, let me go back to the submission page, just to make sure I don't get off track, and don't miss anybody, okay, here we go, Owen says, Ellie gave everything all up, and lost Joel, Jesse, Dina, and, oh, I should probably, man, I should probably preface it, well, it's, it's clear, we're getting into spoilers, alright, we're getting into spoilers, if you're watching this somehow, and you haven't seen, uh, or, or, or played the game, come on now, 
this is this is this is this is of course going all into spoilers uh you should be watching this if you have beaten the game but starting off here owen says ellie gave everything all up and lost joel jesse dina and their baby but for what Honestly, I was questioning myself if Ellie is presented as the bad person here in this story, not Abby. After Joel killed Abby's dad in The Last of Us 1 at the Firefly Hospital before taking Ellie, Abby always wanted revenge on Joel and gets it by killing him after five years of, after five years of searching for him. Then Ellie escalates and continues it by killing her friends, which maybe wasn't needed, but she felt like it was. Abby only... Abby only retaliated in killing Jesse because of what Ellie did to her friends, Owen and Mel, who was pregnant, and Abby let Dina live after Lev didn't want her to kill her. So she walked away and said she doesn't want to see Ellie again, and she let them both live. Abby even went as far as, prote as protecting Yara and Lev once she got cut down and took care and looked after them both, and then took care of Lev after Yara died from protecting them from Isaac of the WLF. The final fight made Ellie seem evil. When she forced Abby to fight her by putting the switchblade at Leb's throat, making Abby forced to fight when she lost a lot of her muscle mass and Ellie has lost herself and who she is through, wait, 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 and, and, oh, sorry, there you go, and who she is through all the violence of her journey. That's just my take. Overall, I love the game and thought it was a masterpiece. I definitely agree with you a lot on this whole thing, Owen. Like, like I do feel that, like, you know, like towards the end of the game, especially that final fight, you know, when it's that one v one with, uh, with, with, you know, Abby and Ellie. Like, it, Ellie truly was having villain, like, villainistic tendencies in that whole fight. I don't even honestly is villainistic a word? It might be. I'm not sure, but, <laughs> but, but you know, like Ellie definitely felt like the antagonist in that moment. You know, like especially forcing abby to essentially fight her you know by like holding up that switchblade um to lev's uh throat and everything like like it it's it's a lot like this 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 game is very heavy and like um for me what i've said famously on the sportcast as well is that like the same feelings that you're having about like man like is ellie even the protagonist in a way and like the same feelings that we had towards joel as well in the first last of us like was joel even the protagonist at the end of the day because like you know he 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 made the selfish quote unquote like like selfish but human call as to not have ellie die you know what i'm saying like which is not bad in itself but like what it costs to do that could be construed as bad but my moment of like man like is ellie the bad guy is when uh you were playing as abby and you get to the aquarium where we see Owen and Mel on the floor dead, right? And we know that Ellie did it. Like, in that moment, after playing through hours of playing as Abby, getting to know her, getting to know these characters, like, and to see the different side of this whole story, and it's like, man, like, is, is, is there even a protagonist? Is there even an antagonist? You know what I'm saying? And, like, honestly, my, my walking away is like, man, like, Ellie acted more like an antagonist than Abby ever did, I feel like. You know what I'm saying? Like, in this game like the more i think about this game you know so thank you for submission owen much love you always support our channel appreciate you my homie but uh who we got next here so uh wait who is this from uh oh sorry this is from the homie starks so this is of course from the homie starks shout out to the homie again link below in the description if you want to follow these people and uh all the good stuff on our discord and our twitter all that great stuff so starks does warn for spoilers he says here 
a great game. In fact, I think it's going to achieve Game of the Year 2020, and I believe that it should. Reason being, but not the only reason, is because of how it defies conventional storytelling methods. The narrative in Part 2 is to force audiences to gain perspective on the world and in doing so, have a different lens on why nobody is innocent. Poor, quote, innocent Ellie turned a blind rage killer. However, it was this intended revenge plot Naughty Dog strived for in creating Part 2. To tell a story where Joel is no hero, where Ellie is no saint, a story that took unpopular risks to give nuance and, and, oh my gosh, why am I having a brain fart? And, speciality? Wait, speciality? Why, why am I tripping over this? This is an easy word. Why am I tripping? Speciality to each defining character in the series, whether familiar to the franchise or newcomers with the likes of Abby and Manny. However, I have some gripes. Part two, how, sorry, he says, however, I have some gripes. Part two felt somewhat disconnected to the first game. I'm unsure if it were scale or narrative focus, but there were so many flashbacks, so many cuts that to me ruined what made part one uh, feel more composed. Still, though, I think The Last of Us is a masterpiece. So I'm gonna I'm gonna break down his last paragraph here because you know, um, of course, his like first bit, you know, about uh, you know, having the main, you know, re re quote unquote like revenge plot for for part two, facilitate you know this uh this like story with multiple perspectives and everything. Like that's all been said. Totally agree with that, right? But here he says I I want to focus on the gripes, right? Part two felt somewhat disconnected from two part two felt somewhat disconnected disconnected to the first game um i'm unsure if it were scale or the narrative focus but there was so many flashbacks so many cuts that to me ruined what made part one feel more composed hmm interesting starks interesting okay let me let me try and break that down here um I can kind of understand how you might feel that like part one is is like disconnected for sure because like you know part one uh, was of course a story of um, Ellie and Joel physically together right but like I think what what really connects it and you know you can entirely disagree everyone here has a valid criticism unless you're like saying it's a BS about the game but like uh, this I feel like is a definite definite valid criticism you know what I'm saying not trying to say you're wrong or, or any type of degree right but um I would argue that like if 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 like part one explored the relationship between Ellie and Joel from a physical like human standpoint like in terms of uh you know them having actual conversations and going on this long journey and stuff like that right like i think seeing ellie uh you know post joel's life right like seeing joel brutally murdered i think this game still does a really good job um in the ellie sections of of still retaining that joel and ellie story because like you know, we hear you know Ellie talk to Dina about Joel and what what he's done and what and what like you know she's heard that he has done through Tommy and different stuff like that. And we get the main motivation behind Ellie's drive to go and do these things and to try and seek revenge, all because of Joel's death, right? So like we like see the effects of of Joel and Joel's passing. And how that reflects on Ellie and how it affects Ellie as a whole, right? Like, even the way she kills, even the way how she mimics some of those things where, like, you know, you get two people that were enemies and you tie one up, you face them back to back, whatever. You tell them to, you know, uh, tell a location, whatever, on the map. And if the other one uh, is lying, you kill them both. Ah, you know what I'm saying? Like, that that whole thing was from Joel and everything. And, like, I feel like her overall, like, way of killing and, like, her, her like, ease of killing, I feel like probably not entirely, but... 
I think it is, uh, you know, a way that she garnered that through Joel, right? So I feel like Ellie is a direct reflection in this game of the effects that Joel um, had on her as a human, right? But I do feel you on the term of like, this game does feel a little bit disconnected from part one because of the whole Abby storyline because of the whole abby storyline and but like even though that one is connected in the loose thread i mean not even loose the thread that you know um uh that 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 joel kills abby's father right so i can see it from that way as well but i totally i totally feel your point here it definitely makes sense that like you know when you when you play part one it's very very focused right like it's very very like okay we are going on this journey to deliver ellie to the fireflies period right like like that's pretty much what it is and the main you know everything that goes off to be in track of that you know main consensus is because they're going on that journey to fulfill that end right but with part two there's so much more going on with it there's there's it's like really opened up in part two so i i can feel you uh on that sentiment that uh you know part two feels a little bit disjointed thank you for submitting good sir much much enjoy it now this next one here big fan of the homie big fan of you my dog big homie jack move johnny of weapon wheel podcast shot to him much love my boy um he has a nice little paragraph here about the last of us part two I would say this game surpasses the first in almost every way possible. I can understand some of the complaints, but most of the outrage is due to the surface level stuff and witful ignorance. The dodge button is a game changer. I went into this game expecting a revenge story, but I left with a story about finally being able to let go. The parallels, um, uh, wait, the parallels BW, wait, why am I being an idiot right now? What is BW? The parallels, oh, between. The parallels between not only Ellie's and Abby's story, but also Joel's hit different at times. Shame most look at it as whack as as quote hack writing. This is the new standard for narrative-based games going forward. My boy couldn't agree more with you. Um one thing that we haven't we haven't touched on yet is um the dodge button and the way like it is incredible how they made animations how they made animations in this game and the dodging and everything like look fluid no matter what timing you have i feel like like i feel like even if even if I, like even if i was trying to pull off a dodge right and i felt like i was a little bit too late on the on the dodge they still made it look very very smooth and very very good and it looks like believable you know what i'm saying so i i i really love that dodge but i think it's a really good thing um uh and i love I would love to see that explored in future Night Dog games for sure. Like, I would love to see them, you know, uh, continue to refine that dodge mechanic. And really, uh, you know, in the same vein that they tried to up their melee combat from Uncharted 2 to Uncharted 3, I would love to see them go off of Last of Us Part 2 as, like, the basis for dodging and see what they can do uh, in future games. So, I definitely agree with that. I also love your comment about how we were all expecting a revenge story, but got a story about letting go. I think that I think that is a beautiful takeaway. Something that you know I feel like isn't really isn't really being focused on that much of the story. You know, like um, and I feel like and and I totally agree with you. Like if if you walk away from this story, and your like main gripe is that you're mad that the revenge story didn't get fulfilled like i think you're missing the point of last of us part two you know what i'm saying like i think you're entirely missing the point of this game and what this game's trying to convey and trying to tell you, you know what i'm saying because like like and i don't even think you know this game is like something that's super pretentious or like super deep to understand it's really not hard to understand the story you know what i'm saying like and i feel like some people are really 
either trying to water down the story to what they want it to be in a negative connotation or they're just truly not seeing the point of the story and i don't understand how anyone cannot play this game and not see where the story is has has like progressed you know what i'm saying so um you know i i just don't know but jack move big fan of you bro thank you for submitting much love my boy uh hope to talk to you soon my boy hope to talk to you soon now this next one here is gonna be pretty long a little bit long but we will get through it boys this one uh is from at just one don he is a content creator i've been present for i've been friends with him for well not not like friends like i don't know him but like you know we we've been acquaintances for uh maybe about like a year and a half or so big homie much love to you my boy at just one don on twitter and of course uh let me read the ads on everyone um jack move is at at jack move johnny i believe on twitter um at the starks is at the starks on twitter um uh owen uh your at is weird it's it's like black something i forgot i don't know i'm sorry i'm sorry owen's the homie you know what i'm saying owen if you don't know owen i don't know what he's talking about you know what i'm saying uh then the first one was of course j03g at j03g to be specific but going into at just one dawn's submission he says here in my opinion it's a great game almost every moment i was immersed in the story and its gameplay i did experience two glitches that pissed me off and the pacing wasn't good but it all just a masterpiece and i know people may say uh how it is a masterpiece then wet wheel wait wheel because it sorry well because it goes above and beyond your average video game the graphics nothing compares on a console or PC in my opinion. Sound is amazing. The guns, the arrows, did you hear the arrows on the new AC gameplay that was leaked? OMFG, no comparison. <laughs> oh man, yo, shout out Valhalla though. Shout out Valhalla. <laughs> the acting uh a1 the story i didn't know what to do it was very immersive the enemies and humans um ah uh, wait uh aw man if you kill someone they would yell out the friend name and or if you killed uh the dog they were super hurt over it yep totally agree the parts of seattle and california the different factions their culture from jackson to the seraphites and the wolves how they lived as communities i mean for me naughty dog sets the standard in gaming they pay attention to detail and they have epic stories now the controversy for one there is no real trance in last of us and if there was it was Leb, but she was being forced to marry and lay with the man on some color purple shit but she identified as a boy not they people hate abby for good reason uh but not because they salty she killed joel it's because she looked like a man but she a lady she you know what let me let me try and censor that up here so um uh you know so he's explaining that you know abby has a uh muscular physique you know what i'm saying a very very strong build and everything um uh and that you know but they there's been a lot of like talk about how like uh people are using that as a way to talk down on the game um but he's he's explaining that you know they're wrong that uh you know abby still uh loves men and everything it's not like uh you know abby is you know any sort of transitionary thing uh at all you know what i'm saying uh so he continues on what's the issue she was cold with killing she wanted to be the best so, so she trained her ass off and got buff i don't know why people are hating i agree i agree ellie and uh dana um are not trans so i don't know what the crying is for but you get these people who want to be crying over women in video games and create false narratives which only shows the racism and suspected white supremacists who reside within the gaming community i would i would also call it misogyny 
misogyny as well. Like I would call it sexist as well. You know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. Um, but any of the isms are 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 definitely showing a lot in this game for sure. Um, which is which is expected. I think everyone knew, but turns a blind eye to shit unless it affects them. But I digress. Masterpiece. I still think Ghost of Tsushima is going to sneak up and win. Goaty. Interesting opinion. Interesting take. <laughs> but in my opinion, Last of Us Two was a masterpiece. The controversy only builds its greatness. He has one more comment here as well. He adds on the hospital lower levels was a fucking beast. Great submission. Um, uh, I. I don't appreciate the AC slander. Yo, shout out to Assassin's Creed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I didn't look at the league gameplay to be fair. So maybe them arrows be sound crazy. But, you know, shout out to Assassin's Creed. Uh, Odyssey in specific. But, of course, Valhalla, I'm sure it will be of a similar um, caliber. But, yep, I do lo love the... Um, the detail where they had enemies call out uh people that have died like their names and the dog's names and stuff like that it very much added to the realism and definitely did work really well because on paper it sounded like something that it was going to be a little bit um uh like you know uh tacky or whatever or just not sound as immersive as it it seems like it'd be on paper it definitely paid off for me personally all the controversy stuff, it's all a bunch of BS, man. Like, I 100% agree. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that people are just somehow uncomfortable with the notion that a woman can be physically more built than yourself. And I just don't understand how, how that's a problem. Like, it is pretty clear that, you know, Abby did – Abby got that big to be able to become a killing machine to be able to kill Joel. Like, that was her mission with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is clear, like, we, we like, see her figure, you know, before her, her, her dad dies, uh, Jerry. Before Jerry dies, we, like, see her physique, you know what I'm saying? And we see it after. And it's clear that, you know, she went on a, you know, hardcore training regimen to be able to kill Joel. Because Joel is a killer. You know what I'm saying? To me, it made sense. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, but, uh, but, um, I do also, uh, you know, hear you on the Lev stuff. For me, I love Lev's story. For me, uh, you know, it's it was a very it was a very potent story, especially now, um, in terms of you know having that 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 type of narrative and that type of uh, uh, you know feeling that they have. You know, and by they, I mean you know people that um, you know feel a different type of gender from within. Like it is something that I feel needs to be. Like just, just not a big deal. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like it's being completely overblown, blown in this game. Like I'm explaining, but like it shouldn't be a defining like you know personality trait or like characteristic of a person if they are trans. Like if they are trans, it should be just as as normal and as normal as normal and as accepted as me telling you all I'm a male. You know what I'm saying? Like it should be just as normal as that, and I feel like they really, really did a good job as not making it a huge focal point, other than the fact that you know it is Lev's motivation um, uh, to lead the Seraphites because of that, be, because of how he feels inside. You know what I'm saying? So I love that as well. Everyone that hates that, they can all just you know uh, uh, go somewhere else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but overall, okay, interesting comment. How you think that uh, Ghost of Tsushima will will overtake Godi? I'm not saying you're wrong. Just super interested in how that will all turn out in the future. Thank you for your submission. But going on, we have uh, the actually. Oh, I messed up. Let me go down. Let me see all the pins again. Let me go back to where I'm going to. Na, 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 na. Where am I at? Where am I at? There we go. Okay. 
This one next is from uh, a someone on Twitter hit me with a DM. His name is uh, Digitali Wildness. I'm gonna spell it out for you all at D I G I T A L E W I L D N I S. This is this is on Twitter. We got a little two parter here. Uh, first part, you know, he says. I'll wait. Oh wait, no, wait. I'll also have a short list. Okay, I'll also have a short list of things I love: Dina and Ellie, museum, Seattle Day One, exploring with the map, Ellie's diaries, Abbey Stadium base, Jackson Settlement. I love the base and I love bases in in video games. They're they're the character banter, fluid controls, seriously feature bro. He brings that feature factions, man. The way the gameplay is, bro. Factions is going to be insanely fun, bro. I can't wait for that mode. Uh, he said, sliding in into your DMs for my thoughts on Last of Us Part Two. I loved a lot of things about this game, but I was also a bit disappointed since I expected a bit of a different game. I have a lot of thoughts on this game, so it's not easy to unpack. So he just listed some things that he loved, but then now we're gonna go into things that he wasn't uh, too hot on. Uh, during the game and so I can't wait to read those right now he starts off with by saying I'll address the elephant in the room first which is Abby for the most part uh, of the game I was indifferent to her or even hated her because she killed Joel and I was out for revenge didn't mind killing Abby's game Wow he he didn't mind killing Abby's game I mean, I mean I feel you I feel that we're gonna talk about that a little bit later after your post and to be honest, I wanted more of Dina and Ellie together. When I was on the island, I got so frustrated that I googled how long to how long do I have to play as her? Because I was expecting this to be another short session with her, and uh, it kept going on and on. I was like, "What is this uh, shit?" But then the long-awaited return to the aquarium came, and I saw her break down. And at that moment, it 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 clicked for me. I felt sympathy towards Abby, and I saw that she's been through so much and that back of the theater fight against Ellie was crazy. At first, I let her kill Abby even though I started to care for her. Ellie is still my girl, seriously. The fight kinda, um, wait, the, the fight felt kinda like playing against myself since Ellie used a lot of the tools I use as her. Pretty cool. Then I thought Abby was gonna kill Dina and I was ready to murder her <laughs> again. Um, at first, I thought the game was going to end when Ellie was sitting on the tractor with JJ. That would have been beautiful. But then Tommy visits and I was screaming at the TV like, shut the fuck up, Tommy. Don't you fucking dare. And when Ellie was leaving, I was pleading, just stay. But of course, she didn't. Lev and Abby, Santa Barbara was cool until, until those Rattlers showed up. And there again, I was pleading. Seriously, how much do any of those people have to go through? It's devastating. Anyways, getting to the end, when... Ellie gets to the beach and finds Abby. I choked up a bit. I was like, Ellie, just cut them down. They have been through enough too much. And even I thought she would let uh, them leave. But no, we have to go through with this devastating fight. And I kept trying to end it. To not press the buttons just to make it stop. But after the flashbacks and Ellie being two fingers short, she finally stops. And the last scene at the deserted fam, I mean farm, that truly broke my heart. She lives her biggest fear, which is ending up alone. That messed me up. It made me stay. It it made me still teary eyed a couple days after the end because that's so devastating. But after listening to some spoiler casts and devs interviews, I'm a bit more hopeful and content with with the ending. I'll restart the game when I'm ready and don't uh, rush through Abby's section like the first. But it's definitely a special game which had more of an impact on me than any other media. I just want those characters to be happy. Abby and Lev, especially Ellie and Dina. I hope if we get a part three, there will be an on-screen happy slash hope 
resolution. So beautiful, beautiful uh, written and sentiment by the homie right there. Um, there's something that there was something that I want to address first. Um, where where was it? Uh, oh man, I wish I saw it. Um, hmm. I mean, I I love how you portrayed that. You know, you did have a turn of heart where you know at first you weren't feeling that section but then you really you know had it click for you at the aquarium scene which for me i was feeling that like for me like what what like made me be like oh man like i actually think i love abby like as a character was when um she was up uh on the high rise type thing and she was scared of heights you know what i'm saying like i love that part i think that was a great way to like humanize abby holistically you know what i'm saying um but i do feel the opinion you know of people that you know, still hate Abby. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 I totally get that to a certain degree, right? Like, I get that, you know, you would be angry at Abby and want to kill Oliver Gang, be, gang because she killed Joel. I totally, totally understand that, right? But I feel like if you... I feel like you can still have that thought, but like still understand her, her point of view and her perspective. Like, Joel killed her father, right? Ellie killed all of her friends. You know what I'm saying? Like... Like that, that I think is like what, what I feel like people are missing out of the equation of like, oh, I hate Abby. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get that you hate Abby because she killed Joel. Totally, totally understandable. But like, I think you can still hate Abby while also having that perspective and seeing where she's coming from, which I feel like a lot of people are ignoring as well. Um, but you said the same thing I was saying. You literally took words out of my mouth by saying that, yeah, like I thought that um, the game was, was going to end with Ellie sitting on the tractor with JJ and we were going to get a, a um, happy ending. You know what I'm saying, but like, I, I feel like that was done intentionally by Naughty Dog to kind of like give us a little, like, you know, you thought that this was going to end nicely. It's not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the last of us. Things are going to get brutal. You know what I'm saying? So I love how they did that. Um, but I was saying, I was saying the saying the same things as you, like, man, like Ellie, like just, just stay, you don't have to do this. Why are you making Abby fight at the end of the game? Ah, da, da. You know, it's it's really powerful. You know, like and and I think that like this this game is really meant to like display that like is this really worth it? You know, and like we are I think meant to disagree with Ellie's uh, decisions towards the end of the game for sure. So beautiful submission. Thank you, my boy, for submitting. Next up here, we have a homie. That is a kind of funny best friend. You love to see it. I met him at the kind of funny meet and greet in Tempe last year. He he goes by the name uh, on Twitter at J Darleo or Jonathan Arleo uh, on Twitter. Shout out to you, my boy. Much love. Thank you for submitting. He says here, it's hard to put something like like the last of us part two into your own words and thoughts without being influenced in some way from individual from individuals on social media. The biggest and most agreeable comment is the part is that part two is about breaking the cycle. Of, is it, oh, Kevin, you all right? You know what, Kevin? Maybe you need to take a sip of water. Let's take a sip of water, and then we're going to read this perfectly, okay? You good, Kev? You good? All right, here we go. The biggest and most agreeable comment is that part two is about breaking the cycle of revenge and not letting it consume you. Neil Druckmann and lead director and co-writer has long said that that if The Last of Us is a story about love, then part two is about hate. I agree with his statement. Revenge and hate are a driving factor behind the main character's motivations. It pushes both to the mental brink and alienates them from their loved ones. The story and performances in part two are some of, are some of the best in the industry. 
nearly unrivaled by any other developer. The care and consideration that went into the narrative and characters is a team that is in complete command of their craft, pushing a boundary rarely uncharted in video games. You find yourself watching the story unfold, agreeing with every character at some point because those are the same things you would do or say in, the, in that exact situation. Fear, anger, love, remorse, hopefulness, all of it is interwoven across every character you play as or interact with. Gunplay, crafting, and upgrading all feel better in part 2, but my minor gripe is getting to bombs and molotovs still feels clunky. I wish R2 was the default throwing button for an item without equipping it first to give me time to toggle... Uh, wait. What? Wait. Uh, I wish R2 was the default throwing button for an item without equipping it first to give me time to toggle to a gun I want or equipping a different throwable as a distraction so I can take out the first guy. Hmm. Interesting. Watching Shuni Legend on Twitter take down a room like John Wick is a treat to watch, but unrealistic for me who, who tries to be as stealthy as possible before I'm spotted. Very minor though. The feeling of smoking an area uh, rotating around behind the enemy, silent killing enemies before the death settles is that satisfying loop of dwindling the numbers before you take out the rest. I could talk about The Last of Us as a whole for hours and how its story is one of the best in the gaming period. Naughty Dog is a master class studio that deserves all of the accolades at every award show this year. As an Xbox user primarily, this is coming from the Xbox, guys, this is coming from an Xbox user, just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> As an Xbox user primarily, I'm envious of the quality of first-party studios like Naughty Dog, but they make purchasing a PlayStation console an absolute must whenever they launch a game. I can't wait to see what's next. I'm interested about your uh, like su suggestion as to toggle R2 to default to throwing an item that's already that's without interesting. Interesting. I I mean, hmm. I mean, I that's because I feel like this game right because of the accessibility options and the way you're able to remap a bunch of different buttons on the game um a lot of people haven't really, haven't, haven't really talked about the controls in that way until this view until this review right here which i mean i think your criticism is pretty valid you know what i'm saying i'm not really understanding what you're meaning by it like if you mean that like what whenever you hit r2 um because what do you, wait what is oh because r2 is a reload if you're not if you're not holding on l2 r2 is a reload so you want r2 to throw whatever it is I can see that. I can see that. Okay. See what you're saying. Maybe like to reload, you you have to be aimed down to reload because it's not like, hmm. Okay. I can't see what you're going with there. I see what you're saying there. I pick up what you're putting down, good sir. Pick up what you're putting down. Uh, gunplay, crafting, and upgrading. Yep, I agree. They all feel great. Um, uh, this, yeah. I mean, I I love this piece that you just wrote here. I think it's great. Um, the story and performances, of course, it's phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know what, man? Now I'm really growing on your su su suggestion about having R2 be like a throwable button. I actually really like that. Dang, I actually really like that a lot. Um, thank you for your submission, sir. As And, of course, having a submission from a primarily Xbox user. You know what I'm saying? So he's uh, not over here, you know, uh, spinning anything but the facts about The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, who we have here next so we only have two submissions left the last one's a super long one that one we're gonna be reading for like a solid 10 minutes straight but we have uh two more to go one here we have sean Ooh, this one's long too oh this is oh this about to be a minute all right boys maybe i should take a drink of water for this i'm gonna go paragraph by paragraph it's all good okay we can do this Oof. 
All right, let's uh, take, a, take a sip of water. So we're 35 minutes in. I bet these next two will take up the next half hour for sure. <laughs> Which, hey, I love that you guys submitted. Thank you for submitting. Much love. All right, Kev. You good? You all right, Kev? Let's do this. This review is from Sean Davis. Uh, he is on the on the Discord server. Uh, make sure to go check out the PlayStation Source Discord server down below in the description. But uh, this goes as follows. This review for The Last of Us Part 2 will contain spoilers. This is Naughty Dog's most ambitious game yet, and it shows. I'll start with, with what I loved about the game. The graphics are absolutely incredible. The best I've seen this generation. The attention to, the, uh, attention to detail is absolutely astounding. There are little to no glitches. The environments and level design are excellent. It is a beautiful world to be in. Um, I may, with these longer ones, I'm going to break it up paragraph by paragraph and just talk as it's going, right? Excuse me. Um... The only uh, glitches I ran into was one where um, I briefly saw, like the I briefly saw through the world at at one point during my playthrough, and um, there was something else too. I forgot what it was, but like it was it was very, very minor too. So I totally agree with you on that. Like this game is very very polished um, and all that great stuff. The gameplay is my favorite part of the game, and what ultimately saves the game for me. New mechanics and new infected types help to keep the gameplay fresh from the first game. The gameplay in part 2 is basically a more refined version of the original. Going prone gives the game more verticality. Dodging enemies was quite useful most of the time even though I found it to be a bit finicky at times. The crafting, the crafting system and upgrade system so, uh, for skills and weapons is more intricate this time around. However, however, one issue I had with the skills upgrades was that you had to upgrade skills. Yes! Oh, this is a very good one. Thank you, Sean, for, for bringing this up. Thank you. The skill upgrades was that you had to upgrade skills within the same branches or uh, of how they are presented uh, in the skill tree. Bricks and balls return. However, one minor nitpick I had was that if you have a brick in your inventory, you could not pick up a bottle and vice versa. This was not the case in the original as you could pick up either a brick or a bottle at any time. These minor gripes aside, the gameplay is spectacular and quite intense. The acting in this game is some of the best I've seen in a game. The cast brings their A game, especially as the Johnson, Troy Baker, and Laura Bailey. The music score by Gustavo Santaolalla is fantastic yet again, and one of the best parts of the game without a doubt. Now, uh, I didn't know about the brick and ball thing. Thank you for bringing that up. I totally did not even realize that, but the upgrade system, I have a not huge problem, but I, I have a problem with it. Like, I do think that it's, it's like a little bit like, why even have a manual upgrade tree if you have to upgrade all of them in a specific order, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know that you could go to other branches and you have the freedom to, you know, upgrade other like branches, right? But not being able to choose what to upgrade um, in an individual grant, in an in an individual branch, and like which upgrade to choose from that branch, I think that's a really weird. The, I think that's a really, 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 really weird choice as well. I totally agree with you on that. I did not like that that much in the game as well. Totally for you on that. And I haven't, and I have thought about that. I just haven't heard it vocalized. So thank you for vocalizing that as well. Who we got here? Okay. 
my major issues with the game lies lies in the narrative and characters. While the story is deep and complex, there are some problems with it. My main issue is the is the circumstances surrounding Joel's death. Now, I don't have an issue with Joel dying as it serves the narrative for the story that Neil Druckmann and I want to tell. Although, Joel's death would not have been the catalyst for the story if I was writing it, but I, I will get to that later. Abby finding Joel seemed way too coincidental to me and feels very forced. I wish they could have found a more natural way for it to happen. Let me pause right there uh, before we even continue on. So, this is explained in the game. It's not explained that, like, in your face, but it explained. It, it, it is explained, right? So, we know, so we pick up throughout the game that Abby is trying to track Joel and Tommy, right? But if you guys recall, the there were some letters uh, throughout throughout the Last of Us Part Two that tell of two people that left Jackson that were ex Fireflies, right? And um, as you know, Tommy was a Firefly as well, right? Uh, so 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 they knew Tommy, and those two that that left Jackson and knew Tommy went to the WLF and went to the Fireflies, right? And they told Abby, "Hey, yo." Uh, we came from this town called Jackson or whatever. There's a homie named Tommy. He's an ex-Firefly. You know what I'm saying? So that's what drove Abby and them to go to Jackson, if I remember that correctly. I know that I know it's something like that, but it's explained. So like holistically speaking, Abby knew that Tommy was in this area and she was tracking them. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it makes sense. It feels and seems coincidental, but it honestly makes sense for me in my opinion. When you when you know all that context, okay. Let's let's continue on. Although, oh wait, sorry. Additionally, although Neil says says otherwise, I do not think Joel and Tommy would trust a group of strangers, even if they are not the same men from part one. Even if Joel is softer than he was in part one, certainly red flags would would go off if, if he sees a big group of armed people so close to Jackson. I am also unsure why Tommy would reveal his and Joel's names as well as where Jackson is to a group of strangers. Um, this just doesn't fit their characters in my opinion. It seems like the writers didn't know how else they could kill Joel uh, and just settled on this. Again, I would not mind Joel's death it, um, if it did not feel so unnatural. Okay, I feel you on not having a problem with Joel's with uh, Joel dying. To me, Joel and Tommy makes because look, like Joel and Tommy, like the the main point of going out on patrols is for two reasons one is to clear out any infected and two is to bring in survivors like that is the main point so like tommy and joel uh you know a part of their patrol duties are to extend that olive branch to people that they find and like i don't think it's like that um uh you know and like i know you say you don't disagree but i truly feel that like joel is a different person you know like like he's not a smuggler anymore like he doesn't have to fight to survive anymore at jackson like like he can live a somewhat normal life within jackson right so 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 to me that that all makes sense you know what i'm saying and it may not connect with you i totally understand that and you have every right to feel that way um to me it just makes perfect sense that like you know because of the two reasons that it's been five years or four years technically um and you know joel uh no longer has to fight to survive and no longer is being a smuggler with tests and stuff like that you know um and the fact that on patrols one of their duties is to extend all our branches and find more people for jackson as well as clear infected i think it all makes sense their whole way um i think you may have a little bit of a thing with 
you know, Tommy and Joel saying their names, I think that one, maybe you might have something there. Because, like, even in the game, I was like, man, like, I don't know, like, if 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 I was Tommy, I don't know if I would use my real names. Like, I would say fake names. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just to be safe, just an extra precaution for whatever reason, really. You know, and then maybe tell the real names when we get to camp and we can vet you and you're, like, not going to kill us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can kind of see that. But, um, holistically, I feel like Joel, uh, is, is, uh... Is fine in everything. Is fine in is fine in his decisions in early on in the game with Abby and the crew. the The side characters in Ellie's story are great, particularly Dina and Jesse, but they do not get enough time to fully develop. The flashbacks with Joel and Ellie are excellent. Ellie's birthday flashbacks in is the draft scene of this game. Hundred percent agree. The flashbacks give great insight into their relationship. However, I can't help but feel this should have been a part of the main storyline. This is why I feel that Joel's death in the first few hours was a bit of a waste in my eyes. There's so much that they could have done with Joel and Ellie's relationship, and it was not fully realized within the final product. I hear you on that, but like, if, but but we. We have a full game that shows Ellie and Joel's relationship growing. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's it's called the original Last of Us. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why I feel like Joel's death still hits hard. Not just for like shock value. And I don't even think that was the original and no not even I think I know that wasn't the original intent for Joel's death, but like it's still supposed to resonate with you because um I don't feel like it's that much of an ask to know the original story and play the original story and i know you did play the original story but like um i i don't think it's such a hard thing to like play the original story and and go off of that um and, and like that's why joel's death resonates you know what i'm saying um i do agree with you that you know the flashback on ellie's birthday is the draft scene fucking beautiful love that part um Dina and Jesse not fully realized. Hmm. I disagree with Dina, but agree with Jesse. I I could see a scenario where like someone might feel that Jesse's not really that flushed out. We didn't really see a ton of him in the game. Totally feel you on that. Um, but I feel like it's enough. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like like I never feel like I was really shorted Jesse, but I can feel you on that. Um, Dina, I think we get a little bit more, but maybe I can see that too. Maybe maybe. You may have a point, but, like, I mean, it's a similar vein of, like, you know, it's at least more than, like, Bill in the original Last of Us. You know, it's it's a maybe a little bit more than, you know, Sam and Henry in the original Last of Us as well, you know. So, um, I guess you may have a point there, you know. But me, personally, I, I just think that they were flushed out as much as it is, as much as, it, as much as they needed to, even though I did want a little bit more of Ellie and Dina, like you said, as well. Um, for sure. Next is Abby's character. I really hated playing at her as her at first, but I really did come to like her. My issue with her story is that her supporting characters are, for the most part, not memorable and unlikable. However, Yara and Lev were exceptions to this. Abby and Lev's relationship really reminded me of Joel and Ellie's relationship. In fact, Ellie and Abby's stories contradict one another. Ellie's story is straightforward tale of revenge, and Abby's story is a complex tale of redemption. 100% agree. Joel's story in part one was also one of redemption. Abby also pays a lot, plays a lot like Joel with her stealth kills, and she also uses shivs. I really like how these parallels are presented. It seems as though Abby was given better weapons and set pieces compared to Ellie, probably as a way to convince the player to like Abby more. Um, 
maybe as a way to convince the player that you know um uh to like like abby more but i do agree that man abby's abby section has like the best scenes in this game like like in terms of like set pieces like it, it, there's you go to so many cool environments like the the uh the you you know like the the uh the wood scene as well you know what i'm saying um where it's like the, the night and you know abby's gonna get hanged and stuff like that to the um uh scaling over the top with the seraphites bridge to the whole thing on the Seraphite Island, like it is cool. Like Ellie has some, I mean, Abby has some really, really cool set pieces that honestly, definitely for me, outcast uh, Ellie's set pieces for sure. Now that I've had time to let it marinate, I have come to appreciate the ending more. Ellie finally came to the realization that killing Abby would not bring Joel back and let her live, therefore ending the cycle of violence once and for all. My interpretation is that since Ellie can no longer play the guitar because her fingers are missing, she leaves it behind along with her memory of Joel. It seems that she is now at peace. She has forgiven Abby for killing Joel. She has, she has forgiven Joel for taking away her chance for life to mean something. I am not sure where Ellie is heading, possibly back to Jackson or somewhere else entirely. Like I said, the story is one that is deep and emotionally draining. But it has plot holes and pacing issues. I already went over the plot holes, even though I love Ellie's flashbacks and, and Abby's flashbacks really mess with the pacing and take away from the main storyline. Abby's section of the game also feels like it goes for it it goes for too long. In fact, the game in general feels over long. Feels overly long. There were many times that I was I I was getting to the end and I said, when is this over? This was the first night of that game I played that I found myself saying this. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily like a bad thing to say that a game is long, right? Like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, I do feel from a creator standpoint in terms of like, hey, like, I'm just trying to tell you guys a story. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if it's a long story, there's a reason for it. And I, and like, I trust Naughty Dog for having a reason for a long story. And I feel like they overall definitely showed us that there is a reason for this narrative, right? But um, the only time I felt that was when we went to Santa Barbara. I think Santa Barbara, I was like, man, like, we're, we're really doing this. And I feel like that was intentional by Naughty Dog. And this is, and this may sound, sound like an excuse. I'm not trying to make as excuses for them i'm just trying to be honest with you guys right like i totally am not trying to make excuses for them um but to me i think like that was supposed to be our reaction like man like ellie like you're really you're really you're, you're really gonna go through with this like just like joel in the uh, uh official reveal like like that's that that's really what what we are doing you know what i'm saying and like it is uh i think it's I, I think you're meant to feel that way right um there was something else that i, I didn't bring up oh about the whole Ellie story being like told out of like order, um, I just feel like I think that they probably thought about making the story in chronological order, right? But I think that it's a lot better and more of a complex story, you know, and just more of a rewarding story when you get those oh moments of like, oh, like this is why. Not like like when you when the player has realization of the story unfolding, I think that's more effective and more and more uh you know like and more impactful than like oh cause and effect. You know what I'm saying? Like cause and effect. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that it's 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 um it 
it just calls for a more impactful story when you give the player those moments of realization as opposed to cause and effect a more chron a more like chronological chronological i can barely talk chronological storytelling you know what i'm saying um but I don't really hold that against you. Like, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and you have a last bit here as well I will read. It may seem like I'm being very critical. That's because I hold the original Last of Us very dear to me. It was one of the most special experiences I have ever had playing the game. So, the sequel had a lot to live up to. Waiting for a game for so long made it impossible. It made it impossible. <coughs> oh, God. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. Let's drink some water, Kev. You've been reading a lot. Audience, bear with me. I'm over here trying to trying to talk <laughs> for a long time. Uh, but um, let's see, where where were we? Let me let me start over. It may seem like I'm being very critical. That's because I hold the original Last of Us very dear to me. It was one of the most special experiences I ever had playing the game. So the sequel had a lot to live up to. Waiting for a game for so long made it impossible to live up to my expectations. With that said, Part 2's story took balls to tell, and I give Naughty Dog a lot of credit for not going through the safe route, even though I think that would have been better. The Last of Us Part 2 is still a great game that is, that is extremely well made. The gameplay is really what saves the game for me, and at this point in time, I give it the game uh, an 8 out of 10. Wow. Uh, oh, okay, Like that was just the last comment for me. Um... I don't see like I disagree with you re completely respectfully Sean you know what I'm saying like I'm not trying to say that you're wrong at all right but I really feel like I think that if the game was told in the chronological way right and it and it didn't take this chance I feel like we would have inevitably called part two worse than part one like I think that would have been the consensus the I think that would have been the consensus overall, right? Like if they went the safe route, quote unquote, with the way they told the story. But I think by them taking a chance and doing something really bold was a way to elevate it and really in some instances, and for me personally, outshine the original in 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 its way of storytelling. You know what I'm saying? Like I think it's to its benefit, right? Um and I guess that's all I had to say. Yeah, like, and I do agree that, you know, Naughty Dog definitely took a bold choice. Like, imagine the pitch board at Sony. Like, them pitching Last of Us Part 2. Like, man, like, hey, we're, 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 we are going to not only kill Joel, but you are going to play as the killer for half the game. Like, even that sense in itself sounds insane. But, um, I'm glad that we got this product. I'm glad that we got a chance to see this game and how it was intended. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, Sean. For writing in much love to you my boy i appreciate you very very much now where are the pins we have one more layer this one this one's gonna be long as hell boys i should probably drink uh some more water here but ooh, this one's gonna be a doozy okay we will we will break this one up as well chapter by chapter and we'll get through this guys we will get through this uh this is written by dina nazari at dina nazari on twitter she is a fabulous writer uh for her uh particular outlets on twitter big fan of her much love she uh is great to talk to about this game and really was someone that um that, like we were d we were d i mean back and forth a lot as i was playing the game you know like man like i don't know like i i, I would just like tell her like my non-spoiler like oh man like this is a lot I, i'm feeling a lot i'm pretty sure she beat the game before me um i think 
pretty sure she did. But like we had a lot of DMs back and forth. Very, very great person to talk to about the game. And I can't wait. I can't and I cannot wait to see her insight on The Last of Us Part 2. So let's read it, shall we? <clears throat> I think I'll start off with the fact that I've never experienced a game as immersive and as gripping as Last of Us Part 2, especially after waiting seven whole years for it. I remember when I saw the first cutscene with Joel and I was acting like an actual baby because I was thinking, oh my god, there he is. He's finally on my screen again. I was laughing and squealing like a little kid in disbelief. Then it was the flashbacks. Young Ellie and smuggler Joel from the first game walking across a desolate city. Seeing the fresh set of graphics of Part 2 coded on the characters of the first game looked stunning and had my mouth wide open and awe. 100% agree. 100% agree. It was, it was very, very great. Especially the reveal. Even when they showed St. Mary's Hostel, it suddenly brought back a flood of deep and emotional memories from the first game. That crazy journey they went through to get to the hospital and save the world by using Ellie's immunity to make a cure. But Joel just couldn't part from his baby girl. Oh, Dina. Dang it. They gave me chills. Oh, God. God damn it, Dina. <laughs> from his baby girl Ellie and swooped her away from the operating table uh, and out of the hostel in a gun blazing escape. So with this, it confirmed the second game pretty much picked up where the first game left off, a guilt-filled Joel telling Tommy about his journey and why he was back in Jackson. Why he couldn't take her to the Fireflies because they would kill her if they made a cure. And what's more, he still hadn't told Ellie about this. I can't wait to play this whole section again when I restart the game, man. I can't wait because that's going to hit so much harder. Because, like, the first thing you hear is Joel's voice in Last of Us Part 2. Like, ugh. I can't wait. God damn, I can't wait. Whew. After Joel tells Tommy all that happened, they both get onto their horses and head back to Jackson. Again, this, this was another moment to take in that beautiful view of the settlement, seeing it confirm the alluring and mesmerizing environments we would encounter in part two and only made me even more excited than I already was. I couldn't wait to walk, run, shoot, and fight through these detailed settings of moss and, of moss and overgrown grass. Excuse me. Oh God, that was disgusting. I am sorry, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me. Tall trees and foliage guiding my way, and the usual broken down cars dotted all over the broken roads as uh, decrepit buildings shadow over them. The first time I saw Joel and Ellie together, I could sense a lovable awkwardness between them. They were finally warming up to each other, kind of, as they were getting used to living and beginning uh, their new lives in a safe and concealed area with others. Ellie is the main focus. Ellie is the main focus of this game. We play her story and her life in this torn world scattered with the deadly infected. Everything seems good at first, doing runs around Jackson with her new love interest, Dina, and living the normal life. Well, when I say normal, <laughs> like the hypothetical normal life for them. But then everything changes when a traumatic event occurs that shakes the quiet settlement of Jackson and everyone in it, especially Ellie. Our beloved father figure Joel falls falls into the hands of a strange group and gets killed by this mysterious woman called Abby, who we are folk, who we are forced to play as. The one thing that bothers me the most about Joel's death is how easily everything fell into Abby's lap. How she suddenly meets Joel and Tommy and they help her out, uh, and how they both agree to go with this random person they've never met before back to their place, which by the way is a random cabin in the woods. I understand the fact that Jackson is a peaceful place and where. In uh, a place where alarming and dangerous encounters with other people don't happen often, but seeing someone completely random lurking around near those those areas and then trusting them and going back to and going back with them 
and revealing your identity really wasn't the best move here. But of course, after finding out the reason behind Abby's rage quest for revenge, it sadly does make sense why she killed Joel. Living in the world of The Last of Us, if you cross someone, they will cross you back. And in this case, Joel had Abby's father. I mean, Joel had killed Abby's father, so I'm killing him. Although was deeply distressing and made me ugly cry, made complete made made complete sense here and definitely doesn't deserve the amount of toxicity it has been receiving online. Now again to echo this whole explanation. Number one, another thing that I didn't even bring up last time I talked about, it, which of course the main one here that I am gonna say is that uh, uh, you know Abby was tracking Joel, you know, and Tommy. Specifically Tommy, but also Joel, right? So again, there were two uh, ex-members of Fireflies that were at Jackson. They left Jackson. They went to WLF, and they told Abby, Hey, yo, there's a homie named Tommy. He's ex-Firefly. He's, he's in Jackson, right? So that's how Abby knows the area to look is Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, so so that's all Danny there. But like also, um, uh, the other thing is that like why I feel that, you know, it, it like makes sense for... For Joel and Tommy to like easily trust them because also they were being ran off by a massive horde. So Joel and Tommy didn't really have a lot of options other than to trust this random person that hopefully they can lead them to safety. You know what I'm saying? So I do, uh, you know, think that that's also getting getting overlooked. But understand that uh, the point of view of why it seems like it falls into Abby's lap so gracefully, uh, and the fact that like it's not really explicitly said that well, like up in front that you know uh this is this is what it is right like like uh like you know um oh my god what am i trying to say um i, I lost dang i lost my train of thought i lost my train of thought uh what was i saying oh my god um no right like like it's not as you know like abundantly clear you know from the jump uh that that you know like that like that is the case but i digress I understand it's a shock that one of the lead characters gets killed off so early in the game. Trust me, I was mad too. But Neil Druckmann said everyone dies at some point, and as hard as it was to grasp, Joel's time had come too. After continuing the journey of Last of Us Part 2 without Joel, it made me feel uneasy knowing that Joel just isn't there anymore. I thought the game wouldn't feel quite the same, but I remembered that this game and even the previous game really is about Ellie's story and her and her struggles through her journey. So we begin this new quest of vengeance, Ellie's venge, uh, Ellie's vengeance, and this is where the story really begins. Ellie and Dina embark on a journey to Seattle to find Abby and kill her, uh, but they're also looking. Uh, wait, where am I? Wait, oh, I lost where I'm at. Uh, but they're also. Embark on journey. To, uh, oh, here it is. But they're also looking for Tommy, who is also in in search of Abby and her mysterious group. What we go through is a journey of emotional distress, heartbreak, and tears as we alternate playing the first half of the game as Ellie and, and the second half as Abby, who is also going through some of the, her own problems, even through a wild journey herself. What I understood from Ellie's journey is she is someone who is filled with hatred and tries so desperately to get her vengeance as she slowly and painfully kills off all who have wronged her one by one. She tried to be like Joel but eventually realizes she is making one big mistake. She even tries uh, Tommy and Joel's technique on Mel and Owen to get answers and it backfires miserably. I can't talk today. As I said before, Ellie's story is about someone who is filled with pure hatred, but also, but allows love to get the better of her at the end. Her human side appeals to her as she lets Abby and Lev go in the final boss fight. 100% agree here. Um, 
yeah like uh, it's it's beautifully said here that like you know like ellie's quest is about you know vengeance but ultimately ends in love you know uh for sure she thought by killing Abby, she could unlock her happy memories with Joel and let him go. She thought she could finally remember him one last time. Not his body, lifeless body, not not his bloody, lifeless body, but her story of vengeance suddenly turned into one of redemption, where she learns that she was after, wait, wait, where she learns that what she was after was never the answer. Mmm, fire, fire, mmm, we love to see that. Allowing humanity to appeal to her and letting Abby go finally let her remember Joel again. She tries so hard to remember him when she plays the guitar in the theater, but she struggles and finally in the farmhouse, she has gut-wrenching flashbacks of the night he was killed. At the end, when she returns to the farmhouse after letting Abby go, she finds that Dina has left her most per her most probably wait. She finds that Dina has left her most pro most probably to go back to Jackson. Ellie enters a room where she finds the last thing Joel gave her, a guitar. She tries to play it, but she can't because she's missing her two fingers. This shows us that she couldn't even honor the last thing Joel left for her because of her thirst for vengeance. But she does manage to unlock one final memory of him where she tries to go to the road of where where she tries to go to the road of forgiveness and forgive him for what he did. Which I think is so powerful that like they had that cutscene as Ellie was trying to play the guitar. You know what I'm saying? Like and her like re remembering that like at the end of the day, right? Like at the end of the day, you know, like as much as Ellie was hurt from what Joel did, she was still I'm dang, I'm like about to cry. She was still open to forgiveness and she still, you know, gave him that that opportunity to to build that bridge again. You know, um, and that's why I think that like that's where Ellie's going. Like I think that Ellie is going after Dina at the end of the game. Now so like I think her remembering that is her being like, hey, I was open to forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? And Joel willing to do that for me, like that has to mean something. So like I think Ellie is going after Dina in hopes that Dina also has that same forgiveness for her as well. That she displayed towards Joel Whew. but sadly she never gets the chance what's more is this final memory also allows her to finally let go of Joel too Ellie's story is powerful in the sense that it gives players different ways to interpret it Ellie's biggest fear from the first game came true everyone she has ever cared for either dies Joel or leaves her Dina although it can be said Ellie left Dina first which is also a very good point too and secondly, she was scared of ending up alone. What's more is that I feel like Ellie feels it's her fault that this happy that that this happens to her because she could have saved the world with her immunity. Had the fireflies made a cure from it, she feels that she's some sort of burden on everyone. It's her fault that people keep dying around her like Joel and Jesse and almost Tommy. So at the end, I feel like she walks off and starts a whole new life on her own. So she can stop hurting people. So she doesn't have to feel responsible. I don't think she goes back to Jackson, but she heads off somewhere and starts afresh alone. 
As much as I passionately hated Abby for what she had done, playing through her story made me grow to like her and the decision she made as well as her strength and her love for her friends and the people around her, her story with Yara and Lev paralleled that of Joel and Ellie's in the first game, which is probably why I, I like your story more. Yeah, 100%, like, I'm glad that you said that too because, like, I really feel like overall, like, like, like looking at the stories, right, like, Abby's was quote-unquote like more fun quote-unquote right but like ellie's had i feel like a lot more to say in terms of like because like you know we of course know ellie from the original game and everything and we have so much backstory for ellie right but like having to play as abby i really felt like was a very very entertaining interesting part in the game you know what i'm saying but ellie definitely had a lot more to say on that factor as well uh from from her uh part of the game People on social media would always call me out and say, quote, how can you like Abby? She killed Joel. To which I say, so? I want to say so. Didn't even know. I need to calm down. <laughs> we love Ellie and Joel so much, but how many people have they killed? How many have left fear fatherless and motherless? Ooh, that's a very good point. How many families have they destroyed? And how many people that have have they hurt but we seem to adore them so much even abby's story becomes one of redemption i see it as her trying to redeem herself and her actions by finding peace and helping lev even she had given up on killing ellie at the end she just wanted to be free and join the fireflies with lev this is the best statement i've seen to this to this response that we've been getting uh people that love the game like how can you like abby after what she did how can we like joel even even like ellie poses the question in the original life was like oh like how many innocent people have you killed and joel doesn't answer we hear tommy you know say that like oh you know like let's not act like you're some like you know savior because you're a killer you know from when we were together during the first uh bits of the uh pandemic and everything and stuff like that you know like you are a killer joel you, you know what i'm saying like joel is arguably probably worse than abby and not even arguably, like, like, like Joel has killed many, many men and many, many women and many people. And he has left probably many people motherless, many, many people fatherless and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So like at the end of the day, like, I don't understand, like, if you don't just see that this game is trying to portray that there are really no antagonists and protagonists in this game, but there is quest of revenge and quest of redemption and the which road you choose is definitely going to reap more benefit for your soul in this game in this world you know what i'm saying uh that's i guess what i, I would i would down to it too but the end bit here from dina's um uh post here is Overall, this game triggered all my emotions and definitely had me thinking about it for days. After I finished it, it made me cry, laugh, and smile, maybe cry a little more. And I was really praying for a strong and thought-provoking ending to give us a nice wrap to the story, which the game perfectly delivered right into my hands. But I feel as though the story could have been executed a little bit better. The potential was definitely there, but the execution was missing. Some aspects of the story left me unsatisfied and wanting more, and the structure and timeline of the story felt a little messy and all over the place. The Last of Us Part 2 is a masterpiece for its gameplay, graphics, and environments, but sadly, it was let down by its story structure, which left me yearning for the first game. Interesting. So, we haven't seen that, too. Like, I think that, you know, I think overall, I kind of disagree with the notion, like I said before, in Sean's letter, of, like, having 
the game be structured in a more like linear chronolo uh, chronological structure, right? Because I feel like we would have inevitably just like probably maybe I mean I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like we will probably never know because we will never know a version of Part Two that is chronological. You know what I'm saying? But if it were to be chronological, like I, I just feel like we would have surely like been on the realm of like not really enjoying it that well maybe you know what i'm saying like uh, i mean that's kind of hard to tell i mean but th then again everyone doesn't have to do their own opinion it is what it is you know what i'm saying dina oh man i'm like barely talking right now thank you so much for for writing in this this was a beautiful post um definitely appreciate your insight and your beautiful writing on this beautiful game so that was all the, that was all the submissions we had guys if you guys want to reply to anything in specific from these letters, let me know let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. What do you guys think about the game? If you guys haven't submitted on this community review, let me know your thoughts uh, down below in the comment section. This has been Road to Part Two, the weekly Last of Us podcast that's that's dedicated to Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two. We will be back next week with Arachnite. Hopefully, if he doesn't oversleep, if he doesn't oversleep, <laughs> we will we will be back next week to go over the bets and predictions of the last of us part two that we made uh early on a few months back we will, we will also be going over starks's predictions and predictions and bets as well so we'll be doing both of them in tandem uh and that will be next week's episode for uh next week so once again if you guys enjoyed the content make sure to leave a like on the video as well as stay subscribe to places in charge to keep up with ladies and grace in Position. Down below, you can find links to our Discord, our Twitter, as well as our anchor link to listen to long-form content and podcasts. Remember right, that, of course, Road to Part 2 and Road to Ghost of Shishima. Make sure to also rate us on podcast services if you deem so worthy. And definitely check back tomorrow for Road to Ghost of Shima. Once again, a huge thank you to everyone that submitted. Uh, I definitely enjoyed this episode. Super fun to read everyone's thoughts and opinions on it and just their nuances and what they got out of it. Because we all come to this game you know, from different backgrounds and different experiences in life. Uh, and it was very cool to see all the differing opinions about this game. So thank you all for submitting. Much love to you all. Thank you for your support. And as always, greatness awaits.